passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football. College football season is now over. I know some of you thought it ended a couple of days earlier, but we have a champion. It is the University of Michigan, and we'll talk all about it this afternoon. This is what happened. Didn't take long. This was the ice on the top of the cake. They would add one more later, but uh, really about three or four plays into it, you could tell it was going to be over. It, it started to look a little bit like last year. That's J.J. kissing the trophy. That's Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh saying, we were innocent. Too late in the year to even respond to that. But it's only a matter of hours, days, whatever it is, before Jim Harbaugh probably takes off for the NFL, where he uh, once coached the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl. More to talk about today other than just that. FSU fans are uh, not happy. The FBI notified the, uh, the FBI was notified about threats coming against them. Another ug- ugly look for an ugly season down in Tallahassee. Final rankings are out. Where's your favorite team? How about this? Michigan won, of course. Washington came in two. Texas. Why wouldn't Georgia have been higher? Georgia jumped Bama. Bama, for the second year in a row, finishes fifth. You can do the uh, interpretation on what that means, if anything. Georgia is already ranked number one for next year. It did not take long. Some people claiming they are the best team in the country, but they don't have the trophy to back that up. Kevin Steele is gone. Legendary career. Three stints at Alabama. Coach at Auburn, coach at Clemson, he will coach no more. Hugh Freeze is going to call the plays. Who thought this was going to happen? Pretty much everyone. Well, that's where we are on the day after Michigan wins the national championship. Let's get some thoughts on that from our man Roman Harper joining us. Roman, good afternoon. And... uh, I'm assuming that's an Alabama A, or is that uh, is that Arizona? I can't tell. <laughs> you know what, Paul? It's a it's a A club A, so a it's a little a. bit different. It's a little bit of next level. We don't just let that out to everybody, so it's all good. I was looking uh, last night. I saw Tra- who was it? Travis Scott. I saw Michael, Jordan, Stephen yeah. A. Derek Jeter, and but I didn't see you. I mean, that's the kind of crowd you normally hang with. So this is where we're starting that already. It's okay. I appreciate that you even well, you, bring you up think the I want to talk about guys. Michigan winning? You're wrong. I want to talk about what, <laughs> like, what's going on. In the- I, well, that's what I thought we were going to talk about, but clearly we're going to go everywhere else but there, and that's fine. That's why I enjoy uh, coming on with you today, Paul. I, I would have loved to been in that in that room. Those are some all time winners, man. Um, I mean, that's almost in the room you should have been in. You hang out with Stephen A. more than I do, well, I so I, would feel, I feel like you're going to be closer in that room than I am. And he was he was talking during the break, and I didn't know about it. I did I didn't see the shot. 
And I'm like, oh, what's he talking about? He said, yeah, I was with Michael. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I guess what I ask you, uh, and, and you, you have, I mean, you won the Super Bowl, so you've been to some parties, of, of course. So what's the best mm -hmm. room you've ever been in? Oh, uh, you know what? Paul, honestly, man, I, I'm so messed up. I, I've been in some really great rooms, but the problem with me is that the the club the, the party didn't start till I get there so I don't even know who's really in the room because it's really just about me when I arrive so I, that's how I live uh, but yeah that's always been my thought process so I really haven't I couldn't tell you like who who's been in a great room with me with me I can answer the question uh, probably the, the 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 biggest group I've ever been with a couple of months ago uh, we did this a couple of times I went out. Uh, not because of you, but because of Laura. I went out, I sat at a table with you and Laura and Jordan Rogers. Uh, I mean, that would, to me was like, I mean, that, that's equal to Michael, Travis. So of that group, by the way, Roman, in that box, Stephen A looks like he was holding court. He did. I mean, did you see that jacket he had on? I mean, he was looking fresh. He was trying to fill himself out. And it's in a, it's in a, especially, and you got to have a certain type of mentality when you're in a room of full of alpha athletes and you're the most non-athletic guy in the room. So at that point, you do have to try and contain yourself in some kind of way or fashion. And I, I applaud Stephen A because he did a good job with it. Well, I'll take it back. We were, we were at a party once. I don't know if you were there uh, at Auburn. I believe we were at Alan Green's house, the former athletic director. Yeah, that was a year before. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was in a I was in a, a, a small room with Tim Cook, the head of Apple. And then there was Barkley and Bo, like in another room and Tebow. That's a really uh, heavy hitter room right there. I don't know if that room has as many championships as the one that you well, no, saw Steve May in last night. And so I, I, at that point, you know, when you can start counting championships inside of a room, that's big time. So, uh, look, I haven't been in any of these rooms. I, I, um, I, I think it's really cool that we even caught that moment. Look, Paul, last night I didn't even see the first half of the game because I was at my daughter's basketball practice. Okay. And so I was just happy. I didn't even have to watch the whole thing. I got to catch up with all the highlights of the first half. I went back and watched it, saw the second half. I mean, I, I think the one thing that at first you got to give Michigan credit. I know you don't want to talk about this game, but I'll talk about it just for a minute because that's why they called me on to be on the show, not to talk about Stephen A and his famous room he's in. Um, cause I wasn't there. So it does, it's not even that cool. Um, so, you know, you caught it with the highlights. Can we not talk about that? Washington had a chance to really come back. I feel bad for them because they got that far and they didn't play good game in the biggest moment. Same thing could be said about Alabama, but we can also say that Michigan kind of forced them to play in those type of games. Michigan really ground and pound these guys, beat them up, but beat them on both sides of the ball physically up front. But at the end of the day, that holding call that was called for Washington, and the one that wasn't called for Michigan was really huge right there in the vital moments of that fourth quarter when that game could go either way. And then, boom, it swung it really big towards Michigan's way, and they can went on down there to score and pile on afterwards and get two more touchdowns. So the game looked bigger than what it was. But for me, it was like a three-minute period in that fourth quarter where that game really swung, and it never went back the other way. Roman, uh, one of the questions that I was asked today, and I don't think these questions really matter, but – I'll ask anyway, and that is whether you thought Michigan was the best team in the country. And I realize they won the championship, but there's still this lingering doubt about Georgia versus Michigan, a game we did not get. Yeah, and it's funny because my man Henny, shout out to Henny over here, you know Henny, 
And uh, big FSU guy, and he's already texting me last night that, hey, you know, Michigan won with subpar quarterback playing the biggest game, but really good defense. Well, Florida State could have did that too. And so Florida State's still trying to uproar whenever they can because things aren't fair. And Georgia, I've never said Georgia wasn't the best team in the country. I did say all year that two teams could beat Georgia. That was Alabama and Michigan because of the way they styles in which they play about going around their business. And then we saw Michigan really win games up front defensively uh, versus Alabama. And we saw that again versus Washington. But Georgia, I had a Georgia fan already text me, we could have beat this team. We could have done. And I, I don't disagree with them, Paul. I'm not going to sit up here and disagree with them. But at the end of the day, they lost the wrong game, and Michigan didn't lose any games. And because of that, they're in. And I don't want to hear Florida State talk about it because I'm talking about wins and losses. But you lost the wrong game if you're Georgia. And uh, and if you're Florida State, you lost the wrong player. Speaking a bit, uh, back to what I was talking about earlier, as I, as I was sitting here with you, Roman, I, I saw something from uh, Uncle Luke down in uh, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to help me with this because I'm not a cool guy. I'm just a talk show host. And I have no earthly idea why uh, Luke Campbell uh, tweeted this out. But explain this to me. I think I, I, think I know this is a, a hot club. So all of a sudden, uh, he, he sends out a tweet three minutes ago saying, I really want to take Feinbaum to Tootsie's Cabaret. So I know that's a club. So tell the audience what he's trying I mean, to Why is he saying this and, and what's the what's what's it all about? Because Paul, literally in Tootsie's, you can have whatever you like. It's it's like the ice cream store of cabarets, I would assume. And uh it's a nice time in Miami. It doesn't close for real. I mean, um I've only been there like once or twice, but from the things that I hear, uh Paul, it's a wide variety of whatever you want. And uh, I, I think Uncle Luke is just trying to help you be a better version of yourself, I guess. Now, my question I, by is, offering I, this, I, need I don't advice. know. Uh, I mean, he's invited me. And you know how vulnerable I am uh, and how naive I am. If I, if I went down to Miami, uh, would, would I get in trouble? Uh, you wouldn't get in trouble in there, Paul. They're, they make sure all that stuff stays not there. It's not like it's not like it's on South Beach or anything. So, okay. uh, I mean, you're fine. Uh, the biggest thing is you're going to be within good company. I'm pretty sure if he takes you there, he's going to make sure you guys aren't just in there with the regular riffraff. You'll probably be back in like a, a, a side room or something, kind of like what you saw last night. So um, whenever you're amongst greatness, um, it's usually great things going on and they try and keep all the things that are not going on. The GP, uh, the general, the gen pop out there. You're probably not going to be with them, Paul. I would also say you should probably leave your tie at home. Okay, I plan. I mean, I, I don't take my tie to South Florida anyway. I, uh, I only, I only do that in places that end in Ville. <laughs> I totally. I just wanted to make sure we're on the same page, Paul. You know, I don't want you to showing up looking like you don't belong when you, a man of the people like yourself, Paul Feinbaum totally belong at possible uh, well, a place might, or establishment like, like that. I, I might have to have a session with your tailor before I go down there because I, I don't have the clothes for Tootsie's Cabaret. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think clothes are that big of a deal there, Paul. Honestly, I do not. I, I think I think you'll be okay, honestly, Paul. I, I, I've seen you dress. I think you'll be fine. The great Roman Harper joining us on the uh, afternoon after. Roman, thank you very much. We'll talk more about the game last night. 
We'll get you. Paul, don't let these Michigan folks heat you up today. Don't let them gaslight you, Paul. All right. We still here for the people. We're doing the people's job out here, Go delivering blue. messages. The whole oh, that's it. You said it. Go blue. It's that easy, Paul. See you later. Roman Harper joining us. We'll take a break. More to come. A lot more to come and many more guests as well. We're here on a Tuesday afternoon. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back. A lot happening today. John U. Bacon, uh, the leading authority on the, the University of Michigan football program in the entire world, maybe the universe. Seth Emerson a leading authority as well. Bash is up next in Boulder. Hello, Bash. My Bash, brother Paul. How's it going today, sir? We are doing superbly. Superbly as well, and that was a superb interview you had with the greatest safety in Alabama history, in my opinion, Roman Harper. Now, Paul, last night after the game was over, did you by chance see Ric Flair's tweet he posted about you? I did not. Well, allow me to read it for the Paul Feinbaum audience and expose all the lies he told. Ha ha, Paul Feinbaum forever doubting Coach Jim Harbaugh. And let me remind Ric Flair, you picked Michigan to win the game yesterday. Next, and according to you, the NFL would never take him either. You and I, Paul, have had several conversations for months now saying how he would fit in the NFL. So that's another lie. And the last thing he said was, I want your job on the SEC network. Let me just correct Rick by saying, no, you don't. You do not want to talk to these crazy people for four hours a day, five days a week. No one wants that job. Paul, you are the absolute man. And one last question I have for you, Paul, because there was something Rick said yesterday that I was a little curious about. Is it true that he offered you two tickets front row to the wrestling show in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend, or is that another lie? 
I am completely uh, unaware of that. So that's another lie. I agree. So one last question, Paul. I have an idea to put all this hostility to rest. How far is Greensboro, North Carolina from Charlotte? About an hour and a half, about a hundred mile drive? That is correct. So on March 3rd, Paul, the Greensboro Coliseum is going to be hosting a premium live event wrestling show where Ric Flair is going to be cornering Sting for his final match that hasn't been announced yet. But I just have an idea that can put all this to bed and put everything, everything um, coming to fruition. Sting with Ric Flair versus Goldberg with Paul Feinbaum in his corner. What do you think about that, Paul? Uh, thanks for the call, Blair uh, Bash. Uh, good afternoon to Jim up next in Florida. Hello, Jim. Afternoon, Paul. Uh, two questions and a comment. First question, uh, this Connor Stallions, the fellow that was accused of sign-stealing, has he ever been interviewed by the media, or if not, why do you think not? To my uh, knowledge, no, he has not. Uh, I'm sure it's for his own reasoning. I'm guessing that he may have a book deal somewhere, so that would mean uh, he, he would be precluded uh, from discussing anything. Second question uh, concerns uh, FSU's ranking in the AP poll um, six. Now, they lose to Georgia by 60, and they're still ahead of three other teams that won their bowl games. Does that make any sense? No. Uh, the final rankings never make any sense, and, and I really don't uh, understand the rationale. First of all, Georgia should have been ranked ahead of Washington. And yeah. I, I think there's a tendency to try to protect the, the four that we're in, although Alabama was not this year. Usually it's the same four, but Georgia yeah. made that more difficult. And I would have knocked Florida State clear out of the top ten. Final comment. Um, when I see Iman's picture up when he calls you, it reminds me of an image from the Shroud of the Turin. Do <laughs> you think he borrowed that? I'm afraid he did. Uh, but then, then, he, then you would have to explain to him what that means. Jim, thank you very much for the call. John, up next. Well, it's either Shroud of Turin or uh, Charles Manson. Uh, you can take your pick on that one. Hey, Paul, uh, if you go to the cabaret, I have two recommendations. Sure. Bring your ATM card and not every performer. You're not obligated to put them through medical school, okay? I hear you. Okay. Hey, on the game, uh, I thought Michigan's uh, defense was was the dominant issue in the game. And uh, I know it's power rushing, but when you watch Michigan, uh, they, they play with uh, unbalanced lines, pullback, two tight end sets, jumbo packages, misdirections, uh, man in motion. It's just incredible to watch the different uh, – um, schemes they use, but um, I think it's safe for you now to go up to Ann Arbor and do that stand-up gig in uh, January, based on what you uh, said on uh, Mike Greenberg's show today. Don't you agree? <laughs> well, I I, uh, yeah, I said it because I believed it. I didn't know what the questions were, and I tried to be uh, honest, honest about it. I'm I, I did cheer for Michigan last night, uh, and it you, didn't concern me one bit that about what had previously gone on. Well, you've been candid, and I had an idea for you. Um, you know, I saw that moment when uh, John Harbaugh arrived late right. to this plane, uh, and uh, it was just special when he uh, 
I tapped his brother on the shoulder. But uh, later you saw Jack Harbaugh, and I remember you had that interview, I don't know, 25 years ago. And given that possibly John Harbaugh may win the Super Bowl, I think it'd be a cool idea to go up to Ann Arbor and uh, do the interview again with the uh, two boys and the father. Yeah, I, I told uh, this story once, and in fact, John, it's been longer than that. Uh, I got an offer in the, in, in the mid to late 80s from a, it was called Sport Magazine. Remember that magazine? It was a really good magazine. And they wanted a story for their college football edition on two fathers and two sons, uh, two, two quarterbacks, the two of the most prominent schools in the country, and their fathers. And the, obviously, you know part of the story already. Jim Harbaugh and Jack were part of my uh, assignment, and I went and talked to both of them. And the other two were Mike Shua, who was the starting quarterback at Alabama, and his father, Don Shua, from the Miami Dolphins. Great guy. Yeah, legends. And it was a fun story uh, because, uh, I mean, Jim was, uh, they were both seniors in college. Uh, the two, you know, obviously Don Shula, a lot better known than Jack Harbaugh, but still uh, the connections of, of, of the father-son. It was a really fun story. It was probably the, it was the first time I'd ever done anything for a national publication, and uh, it, was, it was really a big deal. I think, I think they gave me uh, $100 for it, which I thought was uh, <laughs> like pure gold. Well, I'll tell you, the the other quote I picked up last night is Harbaugh saying, now he can sit at the uh, oh, big yeah. boy table because he's got a trophy like his brother and father. I thought that was cute. I was really moved by uh, – I've always liked John Harbaugh. Uh, I feel like in some ways uh, he's been – since winning the Super Bowl, he's been a little bit snake bit. Uh, and Oh, yeah, with injuries. Yeah, I mean, every year it just comes down to some bizarre call that keeps them out of the playoffs or – or, or, or circumvents their run. Hey, thank you. Uh, this may not be that year, though. We'll take a break. We have a lot to do. We've already had uh, Roman on. We have a couple more guests. John, you bacon in about an hour. Your phone calls continue right here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. Let's uh, continue with some more calls. Sammy is in Nashville. Hello, Sammy. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a little while since I've called in, and I hope you've been doing well. Thank you very much. We're doing um, great. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, congratulations to Michigan, by the way. Uh, you know, obviously, they beat everybody on their schedule. How they beat them is uh, not up to me to decide or judge. But uh, uh, what I will say is that for all the people out there that are, 
just waiting for Nick Saban to retire? Are we going to wait another 15 years? Uh, because retirement is for normal people, okay? And Nick Saban is not a normal person. And for those people out there that love what they do for a living, like you, Paul, um, retirement is like telling yourself, I'm just going to go sit on the couch, right? And that's that's sort of the end of life. Well, Nick Saban's not that kind of guy. You can tell anybody with a brain knows that. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that take on you know retirement being well, for like Sammy? A there there, type there of are person? there are, there are a number of reasons why people retire. Uh, sometimes you have to because you're let's say you're the head of a company that has a mandatory retirement age at sixty five or sixty eight or seventy. So th- therefore, you have to leave. You have to find something else to do. There are other people who have worked in the same job for thirty five or forty years have saved enough money through their company pension plan and simply want to do things they've never done. Now, now we're talking, now let's move to the next level, the Nick Saban level. He has all the money in the world, but Nick Saban wouldn't be happy uh, sitting on a beach, uh, you know, sipping margaritas and, and reading John Grisham novels. Uh, he, <laughs> I mean, he, he really feels like uh, he, he has a cause. And, and I had, I've heard people describe it as, a, as he and his wife as a ministry where they really feel like they're making a difference. And by the way, they are making a difference. So he's got a more complicated yeah. situation. Uh, there's nobody at that university that would ever suggest that his time has come. Uh, and that would be foolish. So, I mean, let's, let's look at the last couple of years. He's finished first in the country, fifth in the country, and fifth in the country. That's hardly yeah, and we all, uh, that's and hardly we all a drop off. Really, last year. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, if, if we get if we stop Tennessee on two drives or so, right, of course. I mean, we're talking about a different. That, and you know, by the way, I think it, you just nailed it. That's what keeps him going. Uh, what doesn't keep you going is what Bill Belichick is going through. Uh, you're getting your brains beaten out every week, and the fans are sick of you. And by the way, Belichick and Saban are the same person. They both have. Uh, does right. Belichick have six or seven Super Bowls? The problem with, with Belichick is he stuck around so long that now most people don't believe those are his Super Bowls. They believe those are Tom Brady's Super Bowls. You can't say that about Nick Saban. Right. Well, do you think do you think Bill, Belichick's going to be at the uh, Nick Saban Recovery Institute anytime soon? No, I, I think Belichick uh, could get a job tomorrow. I just think uh, he's got to abandon the job he has today first. Obviously, yeah. Well, um, I really appreciate it. The the only other thing I wanted to ask you is um, my family has been in business in Birmingham for almost 50 years. And um, I'm sure you've probably heard of Sammy's before. Of course. And uh, we used to do a lot of advertising on jocks back, yes. you know, 25 years ago. And um, our, we're still in business. I just figured I would throw that out there for anybody that's uh, looking well, for Sammy, something to do Sammy, uh, explain weekend. this to me. Uh, Sammy's was a nightclub, right? Yeah, it started out as a go-go club right. uh, back in 1974. My grandfather, um, he had a pool hall um, over in Fairfield. Um, for those of you who don't know a lot about Birmingham, there's a, a lot of Italian and Sicilian heritage. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of people came over and worked um, – for you know the mines and things like that for the the metal businesses, um, but uh, yeah, my grandfather um, was a son of Sicilian uh, immigrants. Our family came over and 
uh, he had a pool hall, and he basically turned it into a go-go club back in the mid-'70s before it really became a thing here in the United States, and uh, the rest is, is sort of history. I'll tell you a funny story, Sammy. Uh, uh, you may or may not uh, remember uh, every Christmas uh, we have our, our friend uh, Archbishop uh, Marino on. And uh-huh. he used to, uh, he, when he was at the Vatican, he would call in and somehow, uh, it depends on how, you, how, you, how the call is routed, but uh, I think years ago he called in and was uh, we may have still been at Jocks, so he would get the Jocks fee. Jocks is the radio station in Birmingham, our, our big right. affiliate there where I used to work. And he told me in the span of like uh, three minutes, he, he, he was before he came on to give his Christmas homily, he was subjected to a Sammy's commercial, which is talking about come out and see the women at Sammy's late at night, which very suggestive, <laughs> as, you, as you remember. And the next commercial was for a uh, male enhancement clinic. And, uh, and he said, I, 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 he said, he said, do you always have commercials like that? I said, I said, Archbishop, don't worry about that. You worry about, uh, saving the world. We'll worry about, uh, you know, what, what advertisements we have on the radio, but it was very funny. Um, and, uh, Sammy's yeah. used to have the most suggestive, uh, radio ads I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, well, we, my, that was actually, uh, my dad, uh, my dad, was uh, sort of like my grandfather's right-hand man. They were, I mean, my dad used to give him all of his tips whenever he was sacking groceries over at Bruno's as a, as a kid. That's fine. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, uh, they were really a creative and funny duo. Uh, I never got to actually meet my, my grandfather. He died three months before I was born. But um, my dad, uh, he played a, a really integral and, and really important role in, our expansion into Pensacola and Fort Walton beach throughout the years. And, and heck, whenever I was born, my dad was near retirement. So, um, I got to, I got Sammy, as you well know, know, we mentioned celebrities early on. If I remember correctly, uh, the, the celebrity athletes used to, uh, gravitate to Sammy's late at night. Yes. Yes. We actually, we have quite a few pieces of, uh, memorabilia. We have a lot of, uh, Sammy shirts, uh, things like that, that we keep, you know, safe in our own, you know, personal possessions. Uh, uh, Alabama quarterbacks throughout the years have visited Sammy's and signed our shirts for us. And it was, it's just really a staple, I think, of Birmingham. And, and uh, you know, it's just kind of an old world thing nowadays. Uh, you know, everybody's on a phone now. So, you know, it's a, it's a whole different business now. But, you know, we we still strive to elevate the customer experience. We try to keep it really nice and classy. And, you know, we, we, we don't tolerate anything, you know, taboo happening on the prem. We really don't. That's how we've lasted 50 years. So, um, you know, it's just something that I thought you might, you know, <laughs> you might well, know no, I, about uh, in terms uh, of being a Birmingham guy. No, I, uh, I mean, I don't live there anymore, but I feel like I still do. Uh, and, uh, when, when calls like this come up, uh, I miss it greatly. Hey, thank you, Sammy. It's a pleasure to uh, meet you. We uh, will, I'll tell you what we'll do. Why don't we take a, one of our famous callers here? Okay. Well, I would say that a Georgia-Alabama rematch would be better than watching the Crows last night. You agree with hey, that? Uh, hey, Daryl, we cannot hear you. Can you do something about that connection? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. 
Okay, well, the, the uh, screener could hear me. I said I was saying that a Georgia-Alabama rematch would have been much better to watch than watching them two scrubs last night. Would you agree with that? I do not, no. Why? I mean, that wasn't no game. That wasn't, Georgia-Alabama would have been much better, Paul. Well, that's that may, like be, that may be that may be true, Bamers but Michigan happened to uh, advance, and so did uh, Alabama. Hey, hey Daryl, it's not my fault that Georgia lost again to Alabama. Paul, that ain't got nothing to do with it. We, we yeah, we played yeah, Alabama in our SEC title game. If we'd have played the team that Michigan played, or the team that Texas played, or the team that Washington played, we, 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 we would have easily got in. So you know that that. That's a bunch of garbage, but all that's going to change. Daryl, I, I got bad news for you. Uh, nobody nobody cares about Georgia's problems, okay? And, and said that Alabama should have ran the Tebow pass, the jump pass. They didn't. What? Legend failed to take the full picture, Paul. They missed the field goal. They missed the extra point. It shouldn't even come down to that. But the way – let me ask you this. When I watched that game, that did not look like the same offensive line that played against Georgia. Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, yes. I mean, I was I was shocked. This thing like with me with, with Milrose, he's real good from forty yards, fifty yards. But the, the tighter the, the the field gets, he's not so good. Yet. he's not so good. But Paul, we're not going nowhere. Okay, we're preseason ranked. We, we preseason ranked. Well, we are going to be ranked number one. I think Vegas they had Georgia ranked number preseason ranked number one two years ago. We won a national championship. They, they said Michigan this year. They won a national championship. We will be the favorite next year, and we will win the national championship. You can bet on that. See you. Where have I heard that before? We will take a break. It was like a year ago. We will three-peat. Listen, I, I love Georgia. Kirby's smart to me. I, I just hope he stays there. But he lost the game that mattered. That's part of the consequences of life. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back, and uh, let's continue with Tony in uh, New York. Uh, hello, Tony. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Like, love your show. Thank you. Um, Actually... Actually, calling to gloat about my boys from Michigan. Go blue. Go blue. And uh, I, I was down in Miami a couple of years ago when Georgia really took it to them. And uh, down deep, I wanted another shot at Georgia this year. But we got Alabama and uh, wanted to just call you and gloat and say, go blue. Woo! Well, you're entitled to it. Hey, that's, you've been in the desert long enough. To, you finally got a a complete championship for the first time, what, since uh, before World War II? <laughs> it, 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 it was a long time coming, and I'll tell you, uh, some of the criticism for towards Harbaugh was, uh, you know, justified listening to your show and watching your show through the years, and uh, I'm glad to see he got over the hump as well and beat, beat Ohio State, our nemesis, you know? You're right. Hey, Tony, enjoy it. Uh, 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 listen, Harbaugh... 
I, I was very impressed with uh, what I saw and heard from him over the last week and a half. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Jay is also uh, calling from Michigan. Hello, Jay. Hi, Paul. How are you? We are doing great. Thank you. Good. Well, first of all, I want to commend you on your um, willingness to admit to what might have been a mistake in judgment on your part in dealing with Michigan and and Harbaugh. Um, I've actually talked to you a couple of times before. Um, I think I'm a level-headed Michigan fan. Um, I've been a, a season ticket holder for 49 years. I've been to 360 Michigan games. And I will be the first to acknowledge that Michigan has its share of obnoxious fans, um, you know, whatever you want to call them. And I guess I don't quite understand. Has there been something that has happened to you in your experience with Michigan fans in particular? It seems that over the years you've been much more insensitive to Michigan over-the-top fans than from a lot of other schools. I've been to, I don't know how many schools in the country, you know, football, and, you know, every school has its share of people like that, Uh, those that you don't want to admit are your fans, you know. And I guess I've, I've seen that you've had what seems to me to be a little bit irrational hatred towards Michigan, and I just wonder what is it exactly that has created that? Well, I think some of it uh, started in jest, and as all things that start in jest, they end up uh, being taken seriously. I never set out to have a war with Michigan fans. It just happened. And I think some of it is that Michigan fans have, have, have this intense pride of their school and by the way, I'll admit it's a great school. I, I, I have a number of, you, you'd be surprised how many friends I have, people that even I work with uh, in a professional setting uh, in, beyond what I do here uh, that are graduates of Michigan. So I feel like I understand the fan base okay. And I, used to, I just kind of started a routine years ago about what is this fan base so proud of? They haven't won a, they've won one half of a national championship in 70 years. And that became... Uh, a bit, and then I went after Harbaugh in, what was it, 2017, 2016, one of those years, about some deal when he accused Saban or Kirby Smart of cheating, and that's really when it escalated, when he tweeted out at me, uh, calling me the SEC uh, water boy, and he referred to me as Pete Feinbaum. That became national, and then he started, you know, he didn't start. He continued to lose to Ohio State every year. So I got called on to comment on that. And I didn't really ask to be the leading authority from the South on Jim Harbaugh, but it just happened. Right. I, I think that that is a very good, to the point analysis of what happened. You know, if you remember when Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford, he made some disparaging comments about Michigan. Uh, I and, do remember and there that. Was a faction, there was a faction that didn't necessarily want him coming back. No, no. Um, and, and, and Jay, hit, uh, I'll tell this quick story because we're, we're short on time. But um, about three years ago, I can't remember, maybe four years ago, 
I got a, I ran into Tom, uh, Tom Crean at uh, the SEC spring meetings. Crean was a coach at Georgia. Yep. I don't you probably, you may or may not know, but Crean's married to Harbaugh's br uh, sister. And yes. he stopped yep. me like at midnight at the hotel. And he said, what did, what the, what's going on with you and Jim? And I gave him pretty much exactly what I just told you. And he said, we're going to take care of that. And he literally called me right here during the show one day. He was up at, uh, at uh, Jack Harbaugh's house. John was there, Jim was there, and the sister was there celebrating Harbaugh's, Mr. Har Coach Harbaugh's 80th birthday. And he said, I just talked to Jim. He wants to, I'm going to put him on the phone. And he was going to invite me to come play golf with Harbaugh and then spend the day up there at some charity event. It just so happened uh, I was in the middle of a, of a sitcom proposal in Hollywood, and I could not miss it. So because of this silly sitcom, uh, otherwise I would have been up there, and, and all of this may have been cleared up, and I may have been on the sideline last night in Maize and Blue. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.